My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and here in the studio today, we have another amazing guest, Pamela Hartwell. Pamela, it's so good to have you here today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. Pamela and I have been speaking for about almost 20 minutes before we started the podcast, and I am encouraged. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. And Pamela is such a wonderful woman. I know this is going to be encouraging today. So please listen in, turn off the distractions, and pay attention to what we're going to talk about today. And so, Pamela, you are here today to talk about your book, Facing the End, Ready to Pray Now. And so we'll talk about that. But before we do, can you give us a little bit more about who you are your testimony, and why you're still a believer today. So basically, um, I met the Lord when I was five years old. My mother would take us to church every Sunday, and we would go to all the Bible classes and the Bible schools and the vacation Bible schools. And I was able to experience the Holy Spirit at a young age. And while giving my life to Christ, over the years, I was able to experience Christ in the form of healing and and in the form of being able to um, have dreams where the Lord would reveal things to me. I was, was very, had prophetic dreams at an early age and I was able to see the power of God through these dreams. I would wake up every morning telling my mother um, what I dreamt and she would ask, she got to the point where she would ask me, what did you dream this morning? Because my dreams were um, prophetic in the fact that they would come true, to the fact that they would come true the very next week, the very next, the two weeks. And I was even going to school as a child and was telling children things about their lives and about their parents' lives and what was going to happen. And I did not understand this, this, this um, what I was experiencing from a child. And I, I ran from it, to be honest with you, because I didn't understand it and I didn't know why because it was kind of, um, you know, it, it made you feel like when you had a nightmare, like sometimes I would even have nightmares and I would get a really um, apprehensive and fearful as a child. But in that process, God allowed me to learn more about him as I read his word so and, and got more into learning about the power of the Holy Spirit and how he moves in our lives through prophecy, through prayer, through worship, through praise, through visions and, 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 and um, words of knowledge even. So at that time, as I've gone on through my life, um, I was able to have a deeper relationship with God as a result of that. And so, here I am now, after all of these years, I had no intention of writing a book 
never thought that I would ever write a book and actually go through with it. But because of my experience 15 years ago, I was a member of a church where I was asked to be an intercessor. And I had no idea what I was, what an intercessor did, to be honest with you. But I said yes, because I wanted to be an active member of this church. And, and what it involved was with people calling in on a prayer line and you praying for them. And God bless the Holy Spirit to use me to pray because I didn't know what to say or how to pray. I, I told the Lord, I said, Father, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to pray. So I would get all of these books, and I would get books on prayer, books about the intercession, intercessory and read the Bible. And, and I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, help me. You pray to speak to me and pray through me. Holy Spirit, speak to me and speak through me as I pray. And as I began to pray, Holy Spirit was able to use my lips as his instrument, and I prayed. And even to this day, even when I pray, I, um, I get apprehensive at times because when you pray, you're totally surrendered to God. Like there are times when I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, and that makes me and apprehensive at times because I'm surrendered mm-hmm. to Him. And when I pray for people over the last 15 years, sometimes the Holy Spirit would have me sing a song to them. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give me words of knowledge. Sometimes the Holy Spirit would have me uh, prophesy to them or give them um, our instructions. For example, I mean, the reason why sometimes I feel a little apprehensive when surrendering to the Lord, because sometimes the Holy Spirit will have you say things to people that are uncomfortable to say. And I I would tell the Lord, I "I can't say that. I can't tell that person. Mm -hmm. I can't tell this lady that. Because well, I remember one example, one time when I was praying for a lady that she was asking for prayer for her marriage, and she was concerned because her husband was not coming home uh, regularly. He was he was being distant, did not have much conversation. Mm-hmm. Basically, she was having issues with her marriage. And Holy Spirit told me to tell her, your husband is not the problem. You are the problem. Wow. Yeah, that is difficult to tell somebody. I mean, yes. And so that was difficult because then I went on to explain to her what her problems, what the issues were. So, yes, Holy Spirit has been in charge the whole time as I welcome him. And from that very first prayer, it has been a 15-year journey up until this point. And... Now I am at the point where I'm at. I'm writing a book. And what inspired me to write this book was uh, several things, to be honest with you. But one particular thing was uh, that I can, would like to share with you, the fact that I, I have a, a, a goddaughter, and she's also my great niece. And I was, I was able to be a part of her life, to take care of her, to 
uh, you know, pretty much raise her from the time she was six months to six or seven years old. And then her mother, which was my niece, um, remarried and um, moved away. And so she was no longer in my life. And in that time, you become attached to a child. You become so attached to them. You, you feel them. You experience their, you know, ups, their downs, their pains. Their, you just become attached. And you see things. And because of the spiritual, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit being a part of my life, he led me, because she was taken away, he led me to pray for her and to cover her in, the, in prayer. It's often difficult to engage with our spiritual side through prayers and to do it as often as we'd like. So sometimes it's fundamental to have a little help directing our intentions and devotion. And that's exactly what the Acts Prayer Journal for Women does. This notebook by Christian Life Press uses the model of the Lord's Prayer for journaling our adoration and praise, confession of sin, thanksgiving and gratitude, supplication and prayer requests. The Acts Prayer Journal for Women is available on Amazon and is the perfect journal for any woman in their path of growth and gratitude with God. Think back to your last doctor's visit. Was it rushed? Did your doctor pay attention? Could you remember the names, dose, and reason that you take your medications? Doctors are too busy, medications are confusing, and medical records do not communicate. This leaves you at risk. The Nomi ID is a wallet card and key fob that connects to your personal health record. Simply tap or scan your Nomi ID with a smartphone to instantly and safely access your health information anytime, anywhere, and in any situation. Get your very own Nomi ID today at thenomiid.com. And so what I did, my very first prayer was my prayer to cover her with blessings and with a prayer. And then I just began in this prayer journal that I started and just continued to write prayers for her. And the reason why I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to write prayers for her because he was going to know, know that she was going to need covering. Um, and God said in his word that angels heed the voice of his word. So I knew if I prayed over her, even though I could not be there with her, I cannot be there part to, to see her, to, to, to protect her, grow with her, or to see her grow into the woman that God has called her to be. But I could send his word. And because the word of God says, you know, his word shall not return void. And I, I felt like God's angels were constantly protecting her through the words of the prayer that he allowed me and led me to speak over her and to continue to recite over her. So, that was the beginning of writing the prayers down. But over time, after, after I wrote these prayers down and I had been praying over the, in this prayer line that I was asked to be a part of, it seems like it appeared like I was a magnet to people to come up to me and ask me for prayer. Now, I didn't go around promulgating the fact that I was a prayer intercessor. I just was praying. And it, and so as time progressed over these last 15 years, there were my coworkers, my neighbors, my family would call me and would ask me to pray for them. And then God I, continued to use you. Yes. Wow. Yes. And it was really, I didn't think about it until, you know, just recently when I'm having to you know, prepare this book, I was just thinking how God had his 
he had his plan already staged for me from the very first time I said yes to the intercessor. He already had his plan. He was going to use me, but during those 15 years were preparing me for this book, was preparing me through the prayers that I prayed for the family members, for my coworkers, their children. There have been so many times that I've seen the power of prayer through the spoken word to see marriages restored. I mean, literally the men left the house, wanted a divorce, and God blessed me, the wife. We came together in agreement through the Holy Spirit and pray, and marriages were restored. Children were cutting themselves, and the parents, my coworkers, were asking for prayer. There were spirits, evil spirits, being, uh, attacking children. There were just so many different areas that the Lord used me and grew me and groomed me to use the power of his word and to, to speak and activate his word. I would like to ask you the title of the book, Facing the End. And so I have a little snippet here that says, do you honestly feel like giving up? Do you feel like you don't have any courage or motivation to pray? Have you given up on talking to God that you have felt betrayed, that he's betrayed you or feeling empty on the inside or void of any purpose or satisfaction? And so some things like that. And so what you're talking about now in the title of the book, how did that come to play? Well, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. Basically, I uh, was I experienced um, a situation where a man was about to kill himself. He called and he said he didn't know why, but he was told to call me. He just had an urge to call me, but he had a gun in his hand, and he was getting ready to pull the trigger and. All I could do was allow Holy Spirit to use me through the spoken word in prayer because that's all I knew how to do. I mean, there was nothing I could say. He was, mine was made up. He was a very, um, you know, successful person and he had lost everything. So what I did was I prayed and God, he cried, he poured out his tears, he put the gun down and he went home to be with his wife. And he's, he's, he's a better man today. And thank you, Jesus. We give God the glory. I have been uh, and experienced so many issues and so many um, experiences where families today are facing real life issues. Individuals today are facing real life issues and they're seeking for answers and they want, they, they feel like they're at their end. There's no hope. Um, they feel a sense of hopelessness, but even a void in their soul. Like, you know, why? Why do I even want to continue? They don't even. They don't even think about prayer. They choke at the thought of prayer, because a lot of Christians even have been praying and they haven't seen answers to their prayer, and they they want to give up. And that's why, when I, because of the experiences that I've experienced through the power of prayer as the Holy Spirit led, I was able to see God move in miraculous ways. And the power of prayer 
is God's living word in our mouth. And when we hold up his word to him in prayer, our father sees himself in his word. When our mouths speak his word in faith, it pleases God. He sees himself in his word and he sees that we're having we're having faith to trust him and take him at his word. God's word connects us with him and the power of who he is. It connects us with his thoughts. It connects us with his ways. It's a love letter to us, basically. And when we put him in remembrance of his word, we place a demand on his ability to do what he says he can do in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. The reason why I say in the name of Jesus, because when God sees his son, Jesus, when he sees us, he sees his son, Jesus. So everything we do, we do it through Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the person, his son, our Lord, who, who stood and took the punishment for us on the cross for our sins. And when we remind God, that he is the one that supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ, his son. When we remind God that his word does not return void, but it accomplishes everything that he pleases and purposes and that it shall prosper us in the thing that he sent it to do. When we pray God's word, it gets his attention. And it causes his spirit to move. I want to ask you for our listeners today. We're, you're talking so much about prayer and the power of prayer and what prayer is. And you're encouraging me so much hearing this. And I feel like I'm at a, a sermon and I'm being preached, preached to and it's so encouraging. What's a practical way that I can hear from God? Because like you say, are you facing the end. Many times when we're in those places, the emotions are so high, so loud, it's so hard to hear from God, if I even believe I can hear from God in the first place. But how can I hear from God? I believe we have some listeners today who want to know that question. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, very, very good question. You know, a lot of times people think it's a it's a person that has a close relationship with God, that knows his Bible, that knows his word, that goes to church, that spend time in going to all the ministries and learning about God. God, God just wants a simple conversation with him. He wants us to spend time with him. And sometimes that time that we spend with God can be in silence because he knows within our hearts He knows what we're going through at the time. And when the word of God says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning, which cannot be uttered. It's in those times of our lowest, of our point of feeling like we're lost, and like there's no hope. It's in those times when we feel like we're completely out of control and we're distressed and we feel like there's no reason to even try. 
that's when God meets us at our very point of surrender to him. And how do you surrender to God? By saying, God, I've done it my way. I give up. Help me. Help me. I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to experience your glory. Show me your glory. Show me, Lord God, that you are real. Show me, Lord, that that I'm not just a mistake. And when you go to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, when you go to him with a sincere heart and just with an honest conversation, doesn't have to be fancy, doesn't have to be a lot of words, you can just go to him in prayer with a silent prayer and just say, God, help. God, help me. He, he just wants to know that you trust him and that you take him at his word. He wants to know, are you willing to trust me with your life? And that's why I put in that book. But so weird is that? When I say weird, I'm just using it as a firm of speech. I started out this book, to be honest with you, with the title, Help, I Can't Pray. Because that's the title that I thought that. Because I wanted to help people who wanted to know God and who wanted to hear from God. I wanted to give them a template. I wanted to give them the words to help to be able to put in words what they couldn't say. Because some people are so hurt today. They're so wounded in their soul that they don't even have a will to pray. They don't even have the words to say. So I started out the book with the title, Help, I Can't Pray. But the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's amazing because Holy Spirit wrote the book. At the very end, he had me change the title to Facing the End ready to pray now because prayer can just be one word prayer can be just help and god knows what's inside of you god knows what you're you're needing because when the scripture says as i quoted in romans eight twenty six, it says the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered that means that means you, you don't even have a will to speak you're so broken But now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we have intercessors here on this earth. We have an intercessor in heaven. Jesus is our intercessor in heaven. And he's constantly before the throne of God making intercession for us, for our lives and our future and our destiny, our purpose. But on the earth, the Holy Spirit Spirit is our intercessor, and the Holy Spirit continues to make intercession for us as we walk our daily lives, but we have to receive him. We have to welcome him, welcome his presence. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells in each each one of us. He dwells with us, and as we spend time in intimacy with God, As we spend time reading his word, he will give us more of a hunger and a thirst for more of his presence, the fellowship with him, to eat at his table. 
and eating at his table is receiving everything he has for us. Sometimes, you know, my favorite part of this book that the Holy Spirit led me to write is talking about the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that ignites us with the will, the want to pray. The Holy Spirit draws us. He woos us. And in the word of God, it's his love letter that speaks to us. And sometimes you can have a problem or issue or a concern and you don't know what to do. You ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me, Father God, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, show me what I need to know. And you go to his book, you pray that prayer, and you go to the Bible, you open up the book, and he will speak to you through his words. Because every written word in his book is alive. It's spirit and it's truth. And every time you open your mouth and you speak his word, you're creating your world. You're creating and framing your, your destiny. You are speaking the answer. Because you're coming into agreement with what his word says. And, and when you do that, you don't understand the how, the why, the what, the who. But God shows up powerfully in the smallest of ways that you would never have imagined. And when he loves it when you put him in remembrance of what he's already done. We think about where we are today. And you think about the problems that you had in the past. And you say to God, you know, God, you said that you would never leave me nor forsake me. So I know that you didn't bring me this far just to leave me. You brought me through my situation years ago with my family, with my working situation, with my husband, my wife. You brought my child back home. You saved my, my loved ones. You brought my you know, children back from the brink of disaster when they were leading down the wrong path. So I know what you can do. And you could keep reminding him of what he did, just like David. He encouraged himself when he prayed to the Father. And he kept encouraging himself. He encouraged himself with what God has already done, with what God is doing, and for what he yet to do in his word. And when we do the same thing, we find that God answers our prayer. David never lost a battle. But what was David's most powerful? David's most powerful weapon? It was prayer. It was prayer. He had a relationship with God. And if you notice Jesus, when he was on earth, what did he spend most of his time? In prayer to God. He prayed before every major decision, every miracle after the miracle. He prayed. He lived a lifestyle of prayer. So it's not just saying prayers that get results, but it's spending time with God, learning his ways, learning his wisdom, and drawing on his strength, being filled with his quietness and the blanket of his love through prayer and fellowship and an honest conversation with him abiding in Jesus. Amen. It's so true. Amen. It's so good. Spend time with Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I, if I had just one thing to give someone advice, or if I want, want the listeners to hear 
the one little thing that I would like to share with them and leave with them is that to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, to repent and to turn from their wicked ways because we don't know how close it is, how close that God's return is for our rapture. Because what if God says that we don't know the day or the hour, but he did give us markers when he said, the Antichrist must be revealed. There must be a falling away of the saints. And he gave a list of things. But if people only knew how close we were to his return, and I don't think people really know how close it is. And our days are not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. But we, if we live a lifestyle of prayer and wake up every morning, repent, repenting for all of our known sins and our unknown sins. There are sins that we commit every day and some of them we do it so routinely that we don't even think of it as sin. There are people in hell today because of the sin of unforgiveness. How is it that you expect the Father to forgive you your trespasses when you don't forgive the trespasses of those who trespass against you? So it's it's very important that we remember to repent daily for our sins because we won't want to be in a situation where our time is up and we're living and we're we're entering into eternity with mm. with sin and there are a lot of Christians today that have gone to hell because they believe that oh this little sin is not going to matter, sin of gossip and slander, the sin of your mouth, your words, murdering people with your words, words are sore in the spirit, if people will only know how important their words are. That's why Jesus was very careful to guard his words, guard his thoughts, guard what he allowed to enter into his ear gate, his eye gate, to dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty, through prayer and through being careful of what he allowed his mind to think on. And I think you're, what you're saying about that we don't know how close we are is a problem that a lot of people have. They look at the scoreboard and they're like, there's so much more time. Let's yeah. live for today. Let's yeah. seek after these pleasures today that, that fill me, make me feel satisfied. But my life, I tried it. It doesn't satisfy. <laughs> Thank yeah. God I came to that point early in my life and surrendered to the Lord. But there's so many people that think there's more time. There's more time. Yeah. Yeah. Just recently, I preached a sermon talking about we come to church, like the, the woman who has the discharge of blood for 12 years, and yeah. Jesus was surrounded by the crowd. And this woman touched his garments, and she was healed from her disease. But Jesus said, who touched me? And Peter says, Jesus, there's hundreds of people surrounding you. Everyone's touching you. But I think that we can be guilty of coming to church for years and years and years and still not experience Jesus Christ. That's not okay. That's not okay to come to church to pray the prayers, to sing the songs, and not experience Jesus who, for who he is, you know? Amen. Well said. Well said what you just said. So true. That's what... That's what's going to alarm many people when they die and they enter into eternity. 
they're not going to understand why they're going to, they're lifting up their eyes in hell. It's because they went through the motions. The church became routine. The church was not in, the spirit of the living God was not living and dwelling and reigning in their lives. If you love me, the Lord God says, keep my commandments. Now, I'm going to tell you, I haven't been perfect. I've, we all have sinned, and we sin daily. We have to repent because we're human. We're in this fallen nature. But to willfully disobey God and to willfully make decisions that you know that grieves the Holy Spirit, you're, you're putting your eternity at risk. God is not a man that he should lie. His words shall not return void. So when we do life here on this earth, we must understand that there are consequences for every choice that we make, even the small, even the minute, because it's those little, little seeds that grow up within us and become larger seeds. And sometimes the weeds get so cluttered we can't even see who we are anymore because we've allowed, allowed so many weeds to grow around our garden that we can't see the beauty of the presence of God and his holiness and we can't receive the purity of his thought because we're so jaded by the world. We've allowed our eye gate to receive everything that the world is saying. We begin to believe a lie. We begin to hear the words of the world more than we hear the words of God. And that's yeah. why it's so important that we keep our mind stayed in the word because it will guard our thoughts and protect us and keep us grounded where we won't sin against God because he who keeps my word, who hides my word, who hides himself in my word will not sin against God. We need to hide his word within us and not only be a hearer of his word, but a doer of his word. And what my fear is, and my concern, my, I think that God wants me to put on the hearts of men and women today, that God came here for the world. This is to save the world. But it's my people that are falling away right now. My people. And you know what the saddest thing is going to be? Because I believe that we're going to experience uh, part of the tribulation because there are patterns in the Bible. God speaks about patterns in the Bible and everything he tells us in the word of God is for a revelation. And I believe that we're going to experience the tribulation for the first three and a half years of that tribulation. And at the midpoint that we will be raptured up. We don't know when, but I believe that's the time frame based on the patterns that we've read in the Word of God. But what's going to be so sad is those Christians who have believed that we were going to be raptured and not go through experiences on this earth, experiences of the plagues, experiences of being without food, experiences of economic hardship. Well, we're going to experience that, just like the, the Israelites were side by side with the Egyptians, experiencing that, but God... Through God, he's going to give us supernatural provision even in this hour. So it's so important that we know that, you know, we don't get bitter and turned away those Christians who believe that we were going to be taken away before all of the, the judgments and, and the 
the hard times come because they're going to think, well, God has betrayed us. He was supposed to take us into the rapture. We weren't supposed to experience this. That's, that's not so according to the pattern of God. If you look at the Israelites, they went through some hard times. But when they went through the last utter wrath of the Red Sea, that's when the Lord showed up mightily. But they had to go through some things. They had to overcome just as Jesus overcame. And it's important that we continue to stay strong, even when it gets rough down here on earth. We're going through some things right now. We're going through hardship and struggles. We're living in a world that is totally um, different than the world that we once knew. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I would like to ask you, where can we find this book that you're talking about today, Facing the End, Ready to Pray Now? It's in every place that are books are sold all over the globe. It's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, England's Park, anywhere and everywhere books are sold, Facing the End, Ready to Pray Now is available. You can download it in Kindle as well. It's downloadable as well. But yes, it's, it's everywhere books are sold all over the world. I like the last end of our conversation here because it's tying back into the reason why you wrote this book, the need to pray, the need to be in communion with God because we are coming to the end. People need Christ. They need a Savior. And I think the last part of our conversation here really played into the writing of this book and why it's out there. So thank you again for your conversations today, for what you brought with us today and our listeners. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you very much. Eternal God, all-powerful God, you alone have the power to answer our prayers. You are our Heavenly Father, who is God Almighty. Lord, we magnify your name. Lord, we glorify your name, for your holiness is the greatest and the glory of all your perfection. We thank you for your written word. And as you have given to every one of us a measure of faith, we ask you in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would help our actions to express our faith by decreeing and declaring the promises of your written word over our lives each day. Lord, help us to abide in you and let your words abide in us. That your promise, which says, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you, may come to pass in our lives. Quicken our spirit. Lord, let your word become alive in our spirit. You said, O Lord, I am the Lord. I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. I say the word and will perform it, said the Lord. Lord, help us and bless us to give attention to your word only, to take you at your word. And your word says, you are the Lord that heals us. By your stripes we are healed. We believe you, O oh Lord, that we are receiving your healing right now. Every damaged heart 
every wounded soul, every wounded spirit, everyone who has been abused. You provided for us by dying on the cross. And we believe that you hear our prayers. We arise today from every position of sickness, and we thank you for the answer, even before we feel the results. We act on your written word, and we thank you, God, for confirming it. And we know that it is faith to take you at your word. We receive all your promises now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.